Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and of her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello, Pastor Henry. Pastor Deborah here. All the way again from Pensacola, Florida. I hope you are well in Kenya. And all of the wonderful people that are going to hear this and listen to this. I just pray for you all the time. I know a lot about Kenya. I get a lot of requests to partner with. Trying to work through all of them. But remember I promised you, Pastor Henry, that I would do a series for you on inheritance. We've already put up the introduction and video one. Now... Oh, excuse me if you hear a noise in the background. It is my air conditioner coming on. So, this video is going to be video two of the series. It's called Coming of Age. We learned in the first video that there is an inheritance for all of humanity to acquire and we had to also learn that even God the Most High had to come of age we learned about that that during those quiet years about 400 of them between the Old Testament and the New Testament this God was silent he was coming of age. For we learn a lot about him in the Old Testament. And we learn a lot about his personality, his goals and his purposes. But as you know, he had an attitude. And we even picked that up in the Catholic Church. Where they believe this Jesus Christ and this Father... They are so angry at us from the Old Testament. And they were, or he was rather. That we can't even come to him in prayer to ask for petitions and blessings. We have to go through Jesus' mama, Mary. Because she was a sweet, loving person that would listen and talk to us. So we go to her in Catholicism. Because her heart seemed to be sweet and kind and loving. Not this Jesus, who probably was dead and only could come back to life again during the ceremony of the Eucharist. 
not sure if that's all correct. haven't really studied that deep. But we go in intercession with petitions to Mary so she can go to her son for us. Or we go to saints. So what happened was there was a disconnect. And we didn't see this God come of age himself. In Islam, they're still sort of stuck in the Old Testament with this young whippersnapper of a God. This angry God. Powerful, fighting, warring God. Because most of the Quran is the Old Testament. Even though it came about 600 years after the crucifixion of this Jesus guy, this angel Gabriel, I'm not sure if I said it right, told Muhammad basically the Old Testament. So nobody really saw him grow up. But he was silent to us for 400 years. What do you think he was doing? He said he was waiting for the fullness of time. Was, And he was. Humanity had to get to a certain place. The governments had to get to a certain place. He was waiting for certain things to occur. Before he could come back. Inside his son. And when he came back to us, he seemed different. He was loving and kind and healing. Didn't want to kill everybody. He wanted to love them. He was a teacher, a kind teacher. He seemed to love animals. He showed authority, but not in a harsh way. Something had happened to this guy that 400 years seemed to change him because he had some things he needed to inherit himself. He had to inherit glory back again and his reputation and the very thing he created, a family, had been lost to him. And he wanted his inheritance But he was in no shape in the Old Testament. He had to come of age. He had to pass a law. And what was that one law that he had placed above his own head? Was that if you loved your neighbor as yourself, you would die and sacrifice yourself even though you're innocent. You would take their burdens and their guilt and you would die in their place and you would suffer the death, the separation, the torment that the law required of sin and you die. So this God became inside of us walked around inside of Christ 
and he took his son and himself to the cross. He had to obey the law that he was going to teach us to obey. For he himself could not inherit what he desired and what was waiting for him. He had to meet the requirements. He himself had to come of age. So we learn as we read through the Bible that we are to follow Christ. We're to learn about him. We are to develop and mature his mind in us. Well, his mind is the breathing out the offspring of this God himself. So we were told to grow up into the image and the likeness of this Christ. And we were to have his thoughts, his ideas, his concepts, his beliefs. We were to have the very mind of Christ ourselves in us. Oh, we don't study that very much. We're not quite sure what that means. But in my studying, the Holy Spirit revealed this about this class. That to God the Father had to lay down his anger. Had to go away by himself. Get himself straightened up. Forgive all humanity. And come back on the scene. To get his inheritance. He had to walk himself. And his word. The Christ. The kingdom of heaven itself. To a cross. He had to take all of humanity's punishment. He had to obey and fulfill. The royal law. Of agape love. He was showing us. And teaching us. What coming of age. Looked like. He went first. And then we were to follow. When he fulfilled his own law. He could inherit. His children. They could then come. And he would be given after the cross the keys, the authority and dominion to hell, death and the grave. Once that time was passed in hell and the law was fulfilled he could take the keys from Satan open all the prison doors that were in hell and Sheol and Hades and let everybody out. He could preach his word about his love for them. Their forgiveness. And he took them all up to heaven. On the highway of holiness. But first he had to come of age. So in this video. 
we're going to talk a little bit more of what that looks like and how we too are human a spiritual being with the soul and the physical body has to come of age in order to receive all the promises the inheritances that this God has promised us let's begin dear father let your spirit be on these words let spiritual ears and eyes be opened to hear and see that all who watch this video get touched by your spirit by your love unblind the blinded eyes that the God of this world has blinded let the words come into their heart and let them touch and stir up the desire to be free and alive again Amen know me Pastor Henry I always like to start off with some good scriptures that help guide us so we're going to start with Proverbs 25 2 it is the glory of God to conceal a matter a thing but the honor of kings that's us to search out a matter so we're going searching I've done a lot of digging and we're going to find out something Deuteronomy 29 29 the secret things belong unto the Lord our God but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever so that we may do them obey them reflect them shine all the words of the law so sometimes we have to look at what's already been revealed to us I think in the last video I talked about nature and a rose this nature that we look at it's just a shadow it's just a reflection as we know it dies comes again can be destroyed it is subject to the, nat the winds and the storms the viruses and the bacteria it's sort of like a clothes that can wear out but it's not the real thing but it does reveal something to us if we are looking if you notice a lot in the Bible Jesus taught a lot from nature he taught a lot from family structure he was always teaching strange and stories but he was a teacher because even though he was a king he had to be a teacher sitting among his people helping them to be unblinded spiritually 
He had to show the power and dominion that we were supposed to have had and lost. He had to show that down here in this world, this world of the natural, but also of the dark spiritual nature. Did you know I just watched a thing on Islam yesterday? They believe in Satan, the devil, and evil spirits that will possess a body. They have to do exorcisms. They believe in different parts of hell. They believe in spirits that you cannot see, but dogs might. I was glad to hear that. Because at least they believe in the unseen. Even in Hinduism, Buddhism, everybody is trying to contact some god or gods. Some are trying to go through our ancestors. Because they know when they die they go into a world and they're in contact with a god. But for some reason they can't seem to contact that god directly. So they have to go through the ancestors. Everybody's believing in that other realm. That eternal realm. They believe in angels and spirits. They believe in good things in that and bad things. So I can talk to all of you because that is exactly what Pastor Deborah believes. So it will be easy for me to talk to those in Islam. Because they are still back there in the Old Testament. They are trying to figure this out. Muhammad, he never claimed to be God. He claimed to be a prophet. One who spoke for a God. And he said he met with an angel. Gabriel. Who wasn't God, but was a messenger. That's what angels mean. Of this God. But it didn't come to about four or six hundred years after the death of this Christ Jesus. And it came in a strange way. I think Muhammad had seizures. They said he was in a cave. Because things were getting a little tight. Or a little... It wasn't very nice in his hometown. So he wanted to get away. Into a cave he went. And it began. I just watched another video where we got the word Arab from. It meant people of the desert. And guess where they came from? Up there in the Euphrates River. They came down. Mm -hmm. And I bet you one of their ancestors was on a ship, boat, called the Ark. And they were from one of the three sons, Shem, Ham, or Jepha. Mm-hmm. I betcha. Boy, do we have a lot in common. So, welcome all my Islamic family. 
all my Buddhist and Hindu family and all my those that believe in Catholicism and the Pope welcome this is not just for Christians this information it's for all humans all humans all of us so let's keep going so we're going to uncover some things in this video, video 2 as you can see on my board behind me, what is an inheritance? In the last video, we said it's something one is given, a gift, a blessing, it's a promise, or it could be a name, or it could be a curse, and it comes from another. An inheritance is usually given to a family member at an appropriate time. Usually given according to a tradition or a culture by a legal contract or will or a decree that has a law of inheritance. Also, usually when an inheritance is given, it has guidelines, requirements. In order for this gift or this inheritance to be given, an inheritance could be anything. It could be money, stocks, cattle, land. Even people, slaves were given as inheritance. It could be a name. It could be a job, a company, a business. It could just be a blessing, words of pr uh, promise. It could be a curse. It could be a form of, this is going to be your destiny. So it could be a prophecy. They're all gifts, good and bad, that is usually given to a child when they're very young. And the family members around them then raise that child so they can have, when they get of age, receive the inheritance. <coughs> Excuse me. So now on to video two, coming of age. There's something we're to receive. But this wise God who had to learn himself, you can't force it if somebody is not ready. They won't handle it correctly. So, we must come of age. So far, we've introduced the idea that even God himself had a wonderful inheritance for himself. But he had to come of age also. He had to grow up. He was a child in his emotions, in his actions. We wanted the family. He wanted 
humanity to love him. But he got upset when the first son, Adam, and his wife, called woman, disobeyed. He knew it was coming, but it still hurt. When we get hurt, we get angry. And we will try to get back what we wanted, and we will get back through war. If something was taken from us, we kick into that fighting spirit. And God tried, and he strove and strove and fought against flesh. For man had now lost the Holy Spirit. It's no longer in connection to him as father, protector, and source. They lived in fear of him. He had an attitude. We had an attitude. It just wasn't going to work. God was trying to deal with the flesh now. He strove against it, fought against it, tried to give it laws, the Ten Commandments, tried to talk to it, to do right. But he was working with just flesh, the soul. The spirit had sunk down deep into the mud, the flesh. That's all it was now. And all that God could talk to was the flesh. Every once in a while he'd find somebody, a Moses, a Joshua. He could speak to them. But even Moses had an anger problem. And what we learn is when you are angry at the people. Remember how Moses lost his temper. Killed somebody. And when he gets out in the wilderness and the people start complaining and moaning and blaming Moses, he gets mad. And the orders that he was given by this God to help the people and feed them and give them water, he took his anger at their murmuring and their complaining out on them. And he misrepresented the love of God to them. So when we get angry, Moses was not allowed. He could not get his anger under control. He was not allowed to go into the promised land. That shows us God had to get himself under control. Because he could not go into the future that is promised, this new earth, and and have the glory and the reputation of what he wants. In his condition, he was like Moses. Angry. Striking the rock. Angry at the people who were blind. Living in fear themselves. So God himself had to go through a change. He had to grow up and come of age. So we learn about ourselves and others by looking at God himself and how he had to come of age. He had something that he had wanted to give to himself, but he was not 
ready in the Old Testament to receive it either. And we are told later on that we must change ourselves and come of age like he did. In order for him to give to us what he desires for us to have. Which includes him. He had to get himself ready by coming of age. His attitude had to change. His methods had to change. He had to quit striving with flesh. Understand they were blind by the God of this age and this world. They were only flesh. So he had to learn how to work differently. He couldn't get angry at them anymore like he did when he was fighting and striving against the flesh. Because you cannot win against the flesh. Just make you more mad. So we have to look at him to help us and how we need to grow up. He had a lot to give us. He had a lot to give himself. Remember, he put himself under the same laws that we are under. There was only one law that he had to obey. Love your neighbor as yourself. He had to prove to justice and all the creatures and even to Satan and his demons that he himself was not above the law and he would obey it in order to get his heart's desires. And he had to show the difference between him and Satan. Once you see that about this God and you see the difference because in the Old Testament he was an angry young God. He was in the flesh himself. He got, he let humanity and the situation get the better of him. He didn't have control over his emotions. He wasn't thinking long term. He was trying to deal with unruly people. Constantly he was striving and fighting with them. Getting angry at them. So he prophesied what was to happen and he went away. And he learned to come of age. He himself had many things he wanted for himself. That he knew if he passed the test and came of age he would receive his name and glory back. The promises he had promised to himself for a family and a kingdom for them. Land and authority and dominion back on earth through his children. They would be kings, rulers and leaders. He would be blessed. The family would be blessed. The earth would be blessed. But he too had to come of age. 
So how does this happen for a human? When does it begin? What is the process? It begins in the womb. When a spirit comes inside the little baby, at the moment the heart starts beating, the spirit is there. At that point, that little spirit sinks into the flesh. And it becomes a child of Satan. It's shaped by sin and formed in iniquity. It's not a legal son in righteousness at that time of God. The spirit's image and likeness is after the flesh, after Satan himself. And that is what happened because when Adam did his disobedience, all of his sperm and all of the woman's eggs that were inside of them were genetically changed. Once the Holy Spirit left, what was there was changed. Darkness, disease, rebellion became the genetic material for not only the flesh because it was going to die the body and the soul and the spirit so right there is where it begins so something had to happen to humanity that little spirit in there had to be reborn somehow it had to be recreated something had to change in order for it to inherit these promises and for it to come of age so it could receive what its original father God the creator had always wanted to give it a earth wanted it to be a king and a ruler down here and overcome all the anger depression and anything that came into the soul he wanted a kingdom in here wanted the spirit as the king operating under the laws of the kingdom of heaven he wanted the governor in here the Holy Spirit to help the Spirit develop and become like he was a king he wanted the soul part of us to be the servant of the Spirit he wanted the physical body to be a righteous one but as we all know the physical body everything dies and we don't know a lot there's been a few people who have died and gone somewhere heaven or hell and come back but most of us don't believe it when they tell us their stories so something had to happen to that little spirit inside the soul inside a dirt body
we learned that somewhere along the line you have to dis- discover and be taught that how you're acting how you're thinking what you're spiritually doing what your physical body is doing in that condition you cannot inherit these wonderful blessings and gifts that this God wants to give you you don't meet the conditions of the contract so let's look a little deeper okay what we're learning is we have to look at the father and in his coming of age we got to compare the Old Testament to what we learn about him in and through Christ Jesus we learned about that this Jesus seemed very loving well he got frustrated with some of the religious leaders but not with what you would call the pagans the Gentiles the Romans the Samaritans he talked to them calmly and wisely told them stories he sat down with them in their homes he ate with them he had no fear of being defiled by them he became the friend of sinners he would love on the lepers and he healed those who were sick he loved children he loved animals he loved the ignorant who had never gone to school he loved the working people and he even loved the Romans the soldiers he had nothing against Pilate Pilate was an authoritative figure just like Christ Jesus who was a king he had more trouble with those people who had been given the Old Testament and had changed it and perverted it and were just flesh creatures so there does seem to be a big difference in God from the Old Testament and in the New Testament we learned as Jesus was talking to us in strange ways parables that would made you think he didn't attack anybody he didn't bring down lightning and fire he didn't go to war his anger was gone set aside he had come of age but he still had to meet the requirements of the inheritance he had to obey the law he had set for us because he had set it for himself he had to prove that he could go to the cross he could lay his life down for another person a wicked and evil person the most cruel and violent person ever 
and take all their punishment himself, even though he was innocent. He had to prove that, not only to himself, but to Satan and his devils and to us, that he was not above the law. What was the law? Love your neighbor as yourself. He had told us about that law back in the Old Testament in the Ten Commandments. But he was only working with flesh. So he was trying to put the flesh under law. Didn't work too good. But he was trying. So he set about and then he said, Now, you follow me. Follow Christ. Christ did this for you. You follow him. You get the same mindset that he had. You develop the same concepts and love in there as he and I have. You follow us. You love your neighbor as yourself. You be willing to lay down your life even though you're innocent, to save another. He said, that's the greatest love. Love had to conquer. Love had to be the thing that would grow us up. Love was the mother side of God. Love had to rule. Not anger or unforgiveness or bitterness or anger, but love. A mother will lay down her life for her child. So will a father. Because they can't fight themselves. So God had to realize. He had to be a mother and a father. He had to give his own life. For his children. In this coming of age of humanity. In order to acquire the inheritance. A rebirth had to occur. This Holy Spirit that was once inside of us had to come back. When it did, when you believed that you were loved by this God and His Son, and they went to the cross for you, this Holy Spirit would come back inside of you. Because now you believed that all the guilt and the shame that you had could now stand before them completely guiltless no fear of death like in the Old Testament but now in a loving relationship back in the family and when you believe that it doesn't matter how you believe it you can believe it in your sleep have a dream about it doesn't matter then the spirit is reborn death is taken away the old parent image and likeness of Satan is gone and a new little baby is there with the Holy Spirit on the inside that Holy Spirit is the spirit of the son and it will speak out to you And to the Father saying, Abba, Father. 
Now the inheritance begins. For you cannot receive this father's inheritance unless you are his son and heir. Doesn't mean male, means an offspring. So coming of age is first you have to become back in the family, back in the right position and relationship to the giver of the inheritance. It doesn't mean that you are of the male sex. It means spiritually your spirit is a child of this father again. You have his Holy Spirit. It's crying, speaking to you, to him, Father, Father. You're back in a relationship now. Now, the promises and the prophecies and the declarations he did to his first son, Adam, man, in Genesis one twenty six, could begin again. So coming of age first is rebirth. Happens in so many people and he doesn't have to take much because he's looking at the spirit that's in there. All it has to do is look up through the dirt have a little silent cry and it's done. So we want to get back to that position, that relationship. I do not know in Islam if you are children of Allah or if he is considered your father or if you're just working for a God and just trying to submit. And is that Allah a loving God? Or is he an angry God? Confucius was a way of thinking. He was a man. Buddha, he never claimed to be God. He claimed to worship to gods. Hinduism, you worship a God who is many. That they don't look like. They look like part human, part animal. I got to give Islam a lot of credit. They recognize that this God, really, you don't know what he looks like. Because he doesn't like. He could be anything. So I got to give Allah a lot of credit. There's no pictures of what this God. Oh, he could be fire. Could be wind. So that's good. So we want Genesis one twenty six to be back in our lives. So it can now be fulfilled. Also, we learn that we must be in another type of relationship. We must be considered Abraham's seed. So let's look at that. In Genesis 21, 10 through 12, one must become Abraham's seed.
and thus the heir according to the promise. Well, how does that happen? We're going to go to scriptures again to see how this spiritually happens. Genesis 21, 10 through 12. Now remember, this is the flesh showing us spiritual. Verse 10. Wherefore Sarah said unto Abraham, Cast out, throw out this bondwoman, Hagar, an Egyptian slave from Egypt, who was Sarah's slave, and who you had intimate sexual relationships with, even at my request, because I was trying to get a child that was promised to us by this God. And I was barren. So we're going to do a work of the flesh. We're going to do something on our own. Because he hasn't come through. It's been years and years since this promise. So we're going to take matters into our own hands. Because the law was if this slave had a child by Abraham. Then the child would be considered Abraham's heir. And Sarah could raise it sort of as her own. So they took matters into their own hands. That's what flesh does. It does not have the patience to wait. Because it wants it in a hurry. Gets tired of waiting. So all of a sudden, Ishmael, Hagar's son, it's probably about 13. And the son and Isaac had had a child by his wife, Sarah. They were both raised together. But Ishmael was older. A flesh creature. And the promise. Was not given to the flesh. To a work of the flesh. It was given to a promise to Isaac. Who would be brought from a dead womb. Out of a dead man. And life. Would come out of death. And that would bring great joy, laughter, and glory to this God. That something that never had happened, couldn't happen. But he would make it happen in the fullness of time. But flesh couldn't wait. So Sarah had Abraham lay, had sexual intercourse with Hagar. So now we're at the point or Sarah saying, you must cast her and her son out. Because that child, the child of the flesh, was not to inherit the promise that God had promised. Flesh will never inherit a promise of God. It wasn't Hagar's fault or Ishmael's fault. They were just the results of the flesh. By 
Abraham's own efforts sexually to produce the promised child that both he and Sarah had been denied. And when they took upon themselves to get this promise in their own way and in their own time, they were working in the flesh. And it was 14 years after I, Abraham had sexual intercourse and Ishmael was born. 14 years of silence, waiting before God even did begin his promise. He was working with flesh, not spirit. So she goes on for this bondwoman shall not this Ishmael and this child of the flesh shall not inherit and be an heir with my son Isaac. So we have the mother speaking up even though she did wrong Originally, she starts seeing the light that what came out of her womb, out of a dead womb, barren, that was the promise. That was the promised child. And that was where the promise and the inheritance of Abraham by law was to go, not to Ishmael. Guess who Ishmael became? The Arabs. Became all of the Islamic people. Mm-hmm. And God told Ishmael and his mom, I'll make you, many kings will come out of you. You'll be a mighty nation. Verse 11. And this casting away, This breaking of the soul ties between Abraham and Ishmael was very grievous, sad, and depressing in Abraham's sight. In his spiritual eyes, because of his son Ishmael, his first fruit of his seed, a work of the flesh, was going to have to be cut away. Was going to have to leave. Going to have to die. Abraham would never see this young man again. And when we are becoming of age. Those things in us. That have been works of the flesh. Works of our own hands whether they're people or ideas or concepts, we have to say goodbye to them. And it will hurt. The spirit will be lonely. It will hurt. The soul will hurt. Because you're getting rid of something you love. It is very difficult And God is showing us this process of coming of age. 
in order to inherit the Father's promises. We're going to go to Genesis 3, verse 15. Oh, excuse me. Let's go back to Abraham's casting away. Verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of your bondwoman, your servant. In all that Sarah has said unto you, listen to it. Follow it, obey it unto her voice. For in Isaac shall your seed be called. The mother of us, the mother of God spoke through Sarah. What does it mean? In Isaac shall your seed be called. The word Isaac means laughter and mockery. To laugh outright, to scorn, to make sport. In the Greek, it means to settle down, to colonize, to give rest, to come to an end. So this is what happens spiritually. We get a clearer look at this in Hebrews 4. 12 where the spirit of the Lord must come down inside of us the spirit of the Lord is the word of God comes down like a sword two-edged sword and it must separate our spirit from our soul just like Ishmael had to be separated from Isaac It's painful, it hurts, but it is something that must be done in order to prepare us to receive the inheritance. The inheritance is going to go to the spiritual part of us, not to the flesh and not to the physical body. So a separation of spirit and soul must occur. The soul was the bond woman. Ishmael was the seed of the flesh. And it was against, striving against, bullying if you study it. Ishmael was jealous and bullying because he was no longer the first. Isaac had become the darling, the dear one of Abraham. Jealousy had set in with Ishmael. And he took it out on this sweet young boy. So flesh was striving against the spirit. The spirit was striving and fighting against the flesh. It's a grievous time for the spirit. It's a grievous time for the soul. But it must be done. People in your life will have to say goodbye. 
things that you have been doing, you'll have to let go of. Your spirit will feel alone and sad. Your best friend, your buddy, your soul has been cut away from you. You'll feel all alone. But that is how it has to happen. Because in your spirit, in Isaac, in that part of us, is where the, and the seed of that separation, that seed of coming out of death into life, in that, is where the promises and the inheritance go. Not to anything of the flesh, not to a work of the flesh, not to a child of the flesh, nothing of the soul of flesh and blood will inherit the spiritual inheritances of God. Now this newly freed and separated spirit is rebirthed. It's a baby. And it is the heir. Now it has to discover that it is free. It's a baby and just needs nourishing food called agape love. It needs to grow. It'll sleep a lot. But that's where God is working with the spirit. He's trying to get that little spirit to grow up. Learn things it has not learned. Become what it has never become. Remember it had become a flesh creature. Only knew the things of the flesh. Anger. Bitterness. Jealousy. And now was having to learn and develop new things. It was in contact. It had a helper and a tutor. Now the Holy Spirit was there teaching it. Watching over it while it rested. It's just a little baby. It was learning. It was taking feeding time. It was being loved on. You could hear the voice of God again. Oh, the soul was still there inside of us. But it must become distant. And we must not listen to it. We must listen more to the words of spirit and life. We must be taught. And the little spirit must grow. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 15.50. Now this I, Paul, say, brethren, that flesh, that be Ishmael, and blood, seed, the son of the bondwoman, the soul, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption, which is flesh and bone and soul, inherit incorruption, the spirit of God's promises. So we're learning that flesh and bone are corrupt. 
They're in our soul. That's the Ishmael. It's a work of the flesh. It's not a work of God. It's not life out of a dead womb. By a supernatural thing. It was a work of Abraham himself. And Hagar. So we're learning a little bit more. That flesh. The soul. And if the spirit stays in the soul. Does not have a Hebrews 4.12. It's not separated out. As Ishmael was. Then the spirit cannot inherit. It is still stuck in the mud. So to speak. Now let's go to Matthew 16. 15 through 20. Verse 15. And Jesus said unto them. His disciples. But whom do you say. I am. Simon Peter answered and said. You're the Christ. The son of the living God. Christ means. The anointed one. It also means the Messiah. The idea of contact. To smear. To rub with oil. To consecrate. To an office or service. And Jesus answered. And said unto him. Blessed are you. Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this, this spiritual truth unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven. Flesh and blood does not do spiritual stuff. Flesh and blood, you you see it all in the Old Testament. It gets in religion. It's in traditions and rituals. It's into doing things with the physical body. Bowing down. Praying to ancestors. Doing all kinds of rituals. Trying to please a spiritual being, a God. With our physical body. It's not going to work. The flesh will never Never satisfy a spiritual God. First Corinthians two fourteen, but the natural man, that's Ishmael, the soul, the carnal man, receives not the things, the knowledge, the spiritual truth, the light of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Let's keep going. Romans 3.20 Therefore by the deeds, the works, the acts. Of your own work, your soul, your flesh. For there is a law of the flesh. It's you sin and you die. There shall no flesh, no soul, no Ishmael, none of your own works be justified, accepted 
blessed in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of awareness of sin. This one lady that I knew, she didn't hear the voice of God because her spirit was asleep. She would see somebody, she said, when I see somebody with a need, I take care of it. As soon as I hear a lot about I see, I need, I, 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 that's usually the soul. Instead, she should have said, the Lord showed me somebody who he wanted to help. And he gave me the instructions of what to do. Sometimes he just wants you to pray for them. That's all. Sometimes he just wants you to look so you can pray about it. This young man who uh, was a preacher had gone to Washington, D.C. years ago. There was a big rally. And um, he told him, just go and walk around. Look. I want to show you many things to pray about. So he did. Sometimes that's all God wants you to do is see or hear. Not do anything. Just pray. But we all get that pressure on us in the soul to do something. To make it. To fix it. So we'll feel better. So we feel like our feelings are controlling us. In the charismatic movement here back in the 70s, a lot of people started saying, well, I feel led by the Lord. Well, I feel like I should do this. Well, I need some... I'm waiting for I to get this feeling of peace. I never did that. I always go, what did God tell you to do? My feelings were from my soul. This one young man years ago was on a the same deliverance team I was. And he had been told to get off, but he didn't want to get off the team. And he, for a year and a half, was trying to find peace within his soul to stay on it. So he was in disobedience to God and he ended up getting demonic spirits. And some people were taught that in the charismatic movement. It's, it's all how you feel. I feel led. And I, would, I went to him and said, I don't care how you feel. What did the Father say to you through the Holy Spirit what were his direct words now a lot of people don't hear that so they have to go on their feelings they don't have that relationship I have never had any problem hearing God's voice now there was one time when I didn't I was writing letters and sending uh, information into prisons Costing a lot of money and time. And I asked God, what is going on? Isn't this what you want me to do? I'm getting the word to the prisoners, but no money was coming in for ink or paper. And yet, nothing. So after I prayed that a couple weeks later, my father woke me up at 8 or 8.30 in the morning and said, God, talk to me. He told me to tell you that what you're doing with the prison is not of him. 
It's of Satan to steal your time, your energy, your money, frustrate you. You must stop. It is not of God. My father had never acted like that before. I was in the flesh. I was doing a flesh work. God wasn't going to talk to me. But he did answer my prayer through my father. Do you know how difficult it was for me to stop that? My flesh wanted to do that. And even after a couple weeks, my father had to tell me again, you must stop. This is not of God. And it took me a while for my flesh to give it up. So when you are doing something you believe is of God, but it's the flesh, you will not hear God's voice. You will have to hear it from somebody else. Because your flesh doesn't want to hear. Doesn't want to stop. Just like Abraham. It's grievous. Was I deceived? Was my heart wrong? My heart wanted to help people. Other people sent information into prisons. But I discovered that's not what I was to do. I tried going into the jails. That's not what I was to do. I was to go do something different like this. But at the time you don't know. So you do something to help people. And I learned a valuable lesson. That act that I thought was of God. Like Ishmael. God had not directed me. But I thought it was a good idea. Just like Sarah and Abraham thought. We've been promised a child. But nothing's happened, so let's do things ourselves. And sooner or later, the truth will come, and you have to cast out, get rid of, stop doing what you're doing. Because it's not God's work. I had to learn the hard way. I lost time helping people, lost a lot of money. And it hurt to say goodbye to that work. So I'm very sensitive to when I talk to people. And then I realized there were two kinds of help. During this revival at Brownsville Assembly of God, excuse me. Oh, 25 years ago, there was a young man. He had several houses right down the street from the church. God had told him to fix them up, sort of like a hotel. People could rent the rooms. And he would take care of their physical needs. Then they'd walk to the church and God said, I will take care of their spiritual needs. So I saw there's two kinds of helping people. Some people are called to help people physically. Like provide food and clothing, which I did all that. But I couldn't see the spiritual changes, the coming of age that I wanted to see. I couldn't see their growing up. And I discovered I was to do a spiritual work. Not in the flesh, not give clothes and food and money, but be a teacher to the spirit. And it took me a while to learn that. But I don't dis, 
have any harsh feelings towards somebody who gives food and money and shelter and clothes. I gave out free books. But some of us were called to a deeper work. Some are called to give clothes and food and shelter. I wasn't. I had to learn the hard way. I had to discover because when I got thrown into with the multi-generational Satanist, I was doing a spiritual work for their spirit. I was coming against the demonic spirits. I was coming against Satan himself, the adversary of God. I was doing a spiritual work. Then when I learned that even Jesus told the Samaritan lady at the well, God only cares about your spirit worshiping him. Not the location you go to, the mountain or the temple. Those days were ended. He wanted the spirit to worship in spirit and truth. So what I learned in the New Testament, that all of God's energy... His teaching was for the spirit. This newborn child he was trying to reconnect to, rebirth, so it could inherit his spiritual promises. The days of the flesh were over. So I had to learn a lot. So let's continue here. Back in Exodus thirty thirty two, Upon the flesh of man shall it, the holy anointing oil, the Holy Spirit, not be poured. More evidence that the flesh, the works of the flesh, the works of the soul, Ishmael's, it will not have the anointing oil. Of the Holy Spirit. So one. In coming of age. Must recognize. That one must grow up. Spiritually. Let's look at Galatians. 3.29. Remember. If one spirit. Being in Christ. Then are you spiritually Abraham's seed. His son, Isaac. You're the offspring. The firstborn of a dead womb. And you have come to life. What was dead brought forth life. You were born from death into life. That's what Isaac represents spiritually. So from death, the dead womb of Sarah, came life, came Isaac, who the promise was, had nothing to do with the flesh. And Isaac was the heir according to the promise. So when you become in Christ, this new spiritual being, you automatically become 
Abraham's seed in Isaac. Now let's go to Galatians 4, 1 through 4. Verse 1. Now I, Paul, say that the heir, you that are in Christ, Abraham's seed, as long as you are as a child, you spiritually differ nothing from a servant, a slave. That's what Ishmael was. Though you are Lord of all, so you can be spiritually reborn in Christ, Abraham's seed, and still be a child. And he says, when you're like that, you're just a servant. You're just a slave. And we hear it all the time. I'm just a servant of the Lord. I'm just serving the Lord. He says, you're a child. Verse 2. But in that condition, you are under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. And you can look at that two ways. In the Old Testament, we were under the law of the flesh, the prophets. They were our teachers and tutors. The law of the flesh was there, the Ten Commandments. Because the appointed time to become a new spiritual being in Christ had not yet come. That's one level of that understanding. The other is, until you grow up spiritually, you spiritual child, and you stop doing flesh stuff, and you kick out Ishmael, and you grow up, you will be under teachers and tutors. Pastor Deborah was. I was under pastors and teachers and Sunday school teachers. I was in the church and I was under authority. I was in the pastor's office and I was under coordinators. And that is where you will stay. There. Until you grow up. So it speaks that when you are still a child spiritually, you must be under teachers and tutors. Your flesh is not dead yet. Verse 3. Even so we, when we were children of the flesh, when we, our spirits, were in our soul, not having had the Hebrews 4.12 yet, the natural man. That's who we, we became. We were in bondage. A slave. A captive. Under the elements. The rudiments of the world. Our spirit was a slave. Was not free. When it was still in the flesh. Verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come. When freedom was coming, we couldn't, God had to recognize there's nothing he can do to help the spirit. It's a slave. It's held in the soul. So he had to go away until the fullness of time came. Galatians 5, 13 through 26. 
Verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto freedom. Only don't use this freedom for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. Okay, so you get the Hebrews 4.12. You're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Paul is telling, now don't go back to the flesh. Don't reconnect. No matter how bad it hurts, don't go looking for it. Don't allow that old man, that old way of thinking, the flesh, continue to control you. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is what God had to do in between the Old Testament and the New. He had to come of age. He had to get himself in order. He couldn't any longer keep getting in the flesh. With flesh creatures. The spirit was not there for him to communicate with. It was in the mud. The flesh. Deep in it. It had not been separated out yet. So he had to go away. Calm himself down and grow up. So we must become law abiding. Spiritual. Children. In Abraham. Is where the promises come to us. In Christ. But as long as we act like. Think like. And our spirits. Are still doing the flesh stuff. We're nothing but a child. Now. One must recognize. What a child is. What are. Is a legal adult. That can qualify one to inherit these promises. Our spirits must grow. I can spot a spirit when I hear all that stuff of the flesh. If somebody asks me if I'm an American, I go, no, I'm an alien. I'm an off-planet being. My spirit is telling you through my soul. I am not from here. My spirit is speaking to you. If my soul was going to answer it. Say oh I'm an American. Now my dirt is from all over the world. It's part of this planet. So I had to learn how to distinguish. When I talk to people. That my spirit had to say, I'm from the kingdom of heaven. No, where are you from? The kingdom of heaven. No, where were you born? The kingdom of heaven. That's what frustrated people with Jesus. He didn't talk like everybody else. So your spirit must start coming through. It must come through the soul. The soul must say, we ain't got no say in this. We are to bow down to the spirit. We're not the boss anymore. We're not the head. The spirit is the head. 
And the spirit will go through the child years, the teenage years, make a lot of mistakes, get off in the flesh. As I told you my story, we will, it will try to do the things of God, but it ends up doing flesh. And there's no results. Our language has to change. How we interact with God has to change. Do we worship in spirit? Let me tell you another story. I'm in a church and there's a high Satanist in there. He is spiritually interfering with the spirits. Him and his devils, demons, were threatening, intimidating, bullying other human spirits in physical bodies to keep them from fulfilling the word, which is you must worship this father in spirit because he is a spirit. I can locate that when I see people who aren't singing. They're not free. Their eyes are closed. Hands in their pocket. They're not mouthing. They cannot be bow on their knees, lay on their face. Because pride is there. Oh, I got bad knees. Well, somebody, I can't go forward. I don't want to be noticed. I'm going to put my hands together. This is not prayer and worship. We don't even know how God did it. Or Jesus did it. He tells the woman at the well, this is a spiritual thing. For your spirit. And once you start growing, you start re showing your spirit's growth through your soul and your physical body. I had to learn this. I had to grow up. So we have to learn that the child spiritually is still a creature of the flesh. The adult will be a, a mature spiritual child of the Spirit. Galatians 5 1. Stand fast, sure, steady, therefore, in the freedom, the liberty, wherewith Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again. With the yoke of bondage. There is a yoke between the spirit and the soul. Soul tie. A bondage. The soul is not going to be happy. It's going to want to come back and bully. Oh please let's be friends again. And the little spirit is lonely for a long time. It has no relationship with the father, the mother, the Holy Spirit yet. So the soul will come back and it will try. Hey, I'll help you out. Let's do it this way. I know what to do. I know where to go. You have to be under. You have to have a lot of help spiritually. John 8.32 And you, this is from verse 31. If you continue in my word, Christ Jesus said, then are you my disciples. You're my students. You must stay in his word. If you don't understand it, go slow. Get a dictionary. Read one little word at a time. Most of us go, and we don't ask questions. We don't know what they mean. 
We must go slow. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth. And this truth shall make you free. So you can be Abraham's seed. A spirit. But you're not free yet. Until your spiritual mind develops and grows. Has experiences. Develops the mature mind of Christ in here. Has more experiences. Passes the test. You are still a slave to the flesh. Galatians 5.15 tells us. For the law of agape love. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you. You bite and you attack. And you devour one another. You take heed. That you be not consumed. One of the other. So if your soul attacks your spirit. And it will. That is free from it. And it will try to reconsume it. Retake it back. I've had these experiences. Try to get you to do something. That you think is spiritual. But it's flesh. Come back. You must be fellowship with us. I am fellowshipping. You must be in church on a certain day. You must pray so many times. Your flesh must do this. You must go to the temple. You must do this. You must do that. That's the flesh. That's not spirit. So the flesh will try to control your worship, your praise, your studying. I'll try to get you to memorize the stuff, but have no relationship with it. Try to get you to just be a slave and obedient. Not out of love. Having no relationship. How many of you have a relationship with Allah? And you can call him father. And sit in his lap. And would even believe that you are one of his children. A God yourself. Or are you just a servant. A slave. And all you're to do is just obey. Don't ask any questions. Do what he tells you to do. That's the Old Testament for sure. No relationship with him. No family. No love. That's the difference. So also, the soul's going to try to come back. Attack you. It will come through people, family members. It comes through my husband frequently. It will come anywhere. The souls will attack you. To threaten you. Intimidate you. And what do you have to do? The spirit goes. You're just flesh. I don't fight with flesh. I don't respond to flesh. Now sometimes my flesh buttons get pushed. And my flesh will argue and push back. I have to collect myself. Because it will wear you out. Excuse me. I'm going to move my pages here. Galatians 5.16 goes on. And I Paul say. Walk. Live. Think. In the spirit. And you. Your spirit and soul. Shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a lust and a coveting of the flesh. 
That's a whole nother study. Studying the flesh. It is tremendous. It's the old man, the old way. It is a horrible creature. It's got to die and go to the cross. Romans 6, 1 through 7. Now comes out knowledge and practice of it, the spirit, as an adult. For a child does not know this spiritual truth about the lust of the flesh. And does not act to obey it. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? The lust of the flesh. In the soul. The old man. So that grace. Which is forgiveness. Will always be given to us. Freely. And we just keep saying, oh, please forgive me. Oh, I'm so sorry. We see flesh all the time on Twitter, Facebook. People having to apologize. People getting caught with their britches down, saying things they shouldn't be saying. Arguments, the race riots, all that is just flesh. That's all. Trying to bully their way through. War is flesh. Stirred up by spiritual things, believe it or not. We'll just keep forgiving you, for you're just a child. You've been abused. You're ignorant, undeveloped, unlearned, uncivilized, uneducated. Verse 2. God forbid, says Paul, how shall we that are dead to sin, our old man, our soul, died when we got reborn. Our spirit is no longer alive to it. It's separated. Hebrews 4.12 did that. We are in Abraham's seed now. In Isaac, we're in Christ. How shall we any God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live, act, believe any longer therein? What should we do? Verse 3. Know you not that so many of us were baptized, immersed in, fully one into Jesus Christ? And were baptized unto his death. Don't you know you're dead? Your old man. Your old spirit. Who had the image of the Satan himself. And your flesh. And your It's all dead. In God's mind it doesn't exist. He died. And we died in him. I don't know about Islam because I don't know if Allah went to the cross. I don't think he did. I don't think he died for his people to set them free. I I think he didn't do that. So you guys ain't dead yet. Your flesh is still alive. So Allah didn't go. I don't think he went to a cross. He just says, serve me or else. Verse 4. Therefore, we are also, if we're dead, we're buried. 
in the grave and gone to hell with Christ. We're dead. Pastor Deborah had that powerful spiritual experience. Till you can see and be, have spiritually and in your soul the experience of walking inside of Christ, being whipped, ridiculed, kicked out of churches by your brethren. Taken before authorities, Pilate. Beaten and whipped and bruised and taken to the cross. And died and separated from God and gone to hell. Till you personally, spiritually and in your soul had that experience. You have not yet died. You must, he already knows you have. But you must have it. You must recognize that that old thing was so bad the flesh is horrible every part of us had to die out of death came life therefore we went to hell we're buried our old body is dead now I'm waiting my spirit has been renewed new life my soul the old me Jan died you can read that in my story called it's time died deborah came on the scene two years to get that transformation my physical body in god's eye is already dead it's already gone to the cross it's already been renewed i'm just waiting for that it has to probably die and go to the grave then i get the new one if i get a new body now I would probably be an illegal person. Can't stay long down here with the new immortal body. I could come and go like Christ Jesus does, but he's more in the spirit than he is in the flesh. So, verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried in the grave and gone to hell with him by baptism into death. That Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory, the love of the Father and his spirit of life, the Holy Spirit. Even so, we also should walk, live, think in this spiritual newness of our spirit and soul. We say it, but we don't live it. We don't have that experience. Verse 5. For we have been planted together in the likeness of death. You must keep saying, my soul died. I don't, it's not about me. What I want, what I feel, it died. We shall be also in the likeness of Of his resurrection. Killing your soul sometimes is a process. The separation of Hebrews 4.12. It is quick. Now your soul must get weaker and weaker and weaker. And must be denied and denied and denied. Eventually. It has to walk to the cross itself. It must be kicked out. And the spirit must arise strong and powerful 
verse 6, knowing this, this truth of co-death and resurrection, that our old man, the body of sin, that's the spirit, soul, and physical body, has been, is crucified with him. So that the body of sin, that's the whole part, the complete part of us, physical body, our soul, and our spirit. It was the body of sin, the body of rebellion, the body of disobedience, the body of lust, the body of pride of life, the body of flesh, the old man, might be destroyed so that henceforth, From this time on, death for the old man, we should not serve sin. So as long as that old man was alive and still is, you're serving sin. It's a powerful, powerful force. The soul, the old man, it does not want to die. It does not want the little spirit to grow up. It's a bully. It's an attacker, an aggressor. It will threaten you. It wants to rule and do what it wants to do. It wants to live by its feelings and its customs and its rituals. It will fight you. And the war is hell. The little spirit, it's a child. It must have a shepherd and a protector around it. Because it cannot fight yet. Verse 7. For he that is dead. With Christ. That spirit, soul and physical body. We believe that we shall also live with him. If you died. Why is your flesh still ruling? Why are you still getting angry and mouthing off? And you don't care about your brethren. And you'll hurt animals. And you'll abuse children. You ain't dead yet. Verse 9. Knowing this truth that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion, authority, rulership, control or sway or power over him. Verse 10. For in this and this, for this purpose, he died. He died as the old man with me inside. The body of sin, he, the son, the offering, the word unto sin once. But in that he lives. He had to fulfill the law. He had to lay down his life for us. Showing us the way to go. Showing us how to kill our own soul. How horrible it was. Verse 11. Likewise, think, reckon, act in your new man. In your new spirit, soul, and physical body. You are also the old you is dead. Indeed to sin. And alive unto God. But most of us we keep sinning. The soul is still there. The spirit is still a baby. 
We can't come of age. We can't receive the inheritance. You pray. The prayers aren't answered. You pray for sickness to go away. It doesn't happen. You pray for this. You pray for that. doesn't work. Because you haven't come of age yet. You're still a flesh creature. God does not hear prayers of flesh. Coming out of your soul. He doesn't do it. He only hears the spirit. So you have to look at yourself. You have to have a tutor and a teacher. That's flesh. I used to do that with this lady. That's flesh. You just lied. That's flesh. When you say that, that's flesh. That's your soul at work, not your spirit. When you do this and you pray, that is not how Jesus prayed. When you won't go down to the altar and put your pride aside, that's flesh at work. I can spot flesh. I studied it. I know it. I can look at you and see your spirit. If it's dead in bondage, it can be alive and still in prison. It can be in a trance. You could be one of many disassociative parts. Pastor Deborah had to learn that in order to help you. And most of 99.9% of the people are flesh. Even though they might believe in Jesus. And yet. They're babies. Verse 12. So let. Do not allow sin therefore to reign. Have rulership. Control over. Dominion over it. In your mortal body. The lust of sin. If it wants to eat, don't let it eat. If it wants sugar and drugs and alcohol and sex, don't do it. Control your body. The soul is trying to use the body. The body wants to feel pleasure, not pain. Those two are working together. You have to deny that. You can't look at your eyes at women or men pride of life it's all about me look what I did you can't do that that's all sin and flesh so that you should obey it the spirit in the lust yeah the spirit can still obey that stuff go along with it follow it like a little puppy wanting to be loved and liked afraid it will get in trouble if it speaks up Afraid to do anything spiritually. Afraid to respond differently. So even though it's saved. Born again it can still go back to the vomit. Neither would you yield or give. This is verse 13. Place to believe is true. Your members. Don't yield to them. Let's go back to Galatians 5.17. For the flesh. The child of sin, the Ishmaels, the darkness, the ignorance, the old man, with its lust against the spirit. There is war inside of us against the law of agape love and freedom. Lust is against the desires, not what the spirit wants. It fights against and is in opposition to righteousness and truth it works against it 
and the spirit the law of love and freedom is the enemy of the flesh the old man that was the life that ruled us by sin and death our physical body our soul and our spirit the flesh says the old man says you're still alive you're not dead only your spirit is new but you have to live on earth now so live out of your soul and the knowledge of the soul and out of your physical body you must protect yourself you can't be too heavenly minded because you wouldn't be any earthly good do you know how many times I heard that just you got to go to work and make money so you can't bring that heavenly spiritual stuff here because this is the place of the soul and the physical body so we have to adjust the new child can't go to work you have to act in the soul so the soul lives on we don't know how to live as a new spiritual creature at work in our families on the job in politics we don't know how nobody's taught us so we're all flesh creatures we're all still living out of the flesh and the flesh is contrary opposite in opposition to the spirit of life verse 18 but if you be led or taught by or trained by are believing in and follow the deeds the ideas of the spirit of love and freedom you're not under that law of sin and death anymore there's an adult he's the old ancient man of the spirit and soul and he is versus and is against the newborn child of the spirit and its war now to the inheritance we are told that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God what are these works of the flesh that you need to know about Galatians tells us in verse 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest they're seen they're made known which are these one adultery intimacy with another than one with God or a partner to fornication that's intimacy physical outside of a righteous relationship three uncleanness do you know what some people do for int- so they won't break adultery or fornication they'll have temporary marriages so they can go away to a city and have sex with their wife and they're not breaking the law but they're married back home that's adultery keep your britches up keep your penis in your pants you're not there to do that you ruin a young girl's life or a young man's life because you have no intention of doing anything with them but other than sex that's the flesh and the body at work three uncleanness 
Four, lasciviousness, drunkenness, revelry. Five, idolatry. You can even lift up your religion, your nation, yourself, the flags, anything that you put a lot of effort and you worship. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, excuse my notes, emulsions, wrath and anger, strife and debate, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelry, and such like, of which I, Paul, tell you, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the flesh. It will not inherit it. Can the Spirit do those things? Yes, but still connected. Can the Spirit be forced by evil, wicked, demonic spirits to do that? Yes. Out of fear of death and torment. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, greediness, faith. Verse 23. Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law of death. 24. And you, they that are in Christ, you this new spirit, who are dead to sin, died in Christ on the cross. The old man is dead. The three-part system of physical body, soul, and spirit have within themselves, through Christ's death on the cross, have killed, you have crucified, this flesh with all of its affections its passions its lust its desires it died but yet you keep acting it's still alive in you the spirit's a baby cannot inherit it's not grown can't be trusted it's still doing the flesh Verse 25. So if we live in the fruits of the Spirit, let us also walk and live and think and act in the Spirit of the law of love. So flesh versus Spirit. The old man versus the new man. Dead versus life. The child versus the adult. The non-inheritor versus the inheritor. So when one acts like allows the old man of the soul, the flesh, to stay alive and not be dead to its lust or its control of the physical body, the soul and spirit, you are still a child. Even though you are Abraham's seed, you are in Christ, you believe that, you are unable at that point to inherit the promises now on earth 
Pastor Deborah got him. I inherited the kingdom of God. I was shown the entrance. And I'll do that one in the next video. I can speak to the wind and it will obey me. I can speak to bacteria. Viruses. Yes, I can tell COVID-19. What it's to do or not do. If God is behind it, I don't say anything because he's at work. If Satan is using it, I can speak to it. The animals are for me. You'll read about it in a video in a story called Narnia and Dr. Doolittle. The Son of God has arisen. All of creation was waiting for Pastor Deborah to arise. I did. I grew up. It was hard. The old me had to die. Then you take tests. You go read my it's time. I had to have the personal spiritual experience being in Christ. I had to know what it felt like on the cross and going to hell. You have to have these. You're still a child if you don't. Unable to inherit the promises. Because only they go to the adult. You're still under tutors and teachers. Pastor Deborah's under nobody. She was released by the father I'm directly under him like Moses was. There is no leeway for me. If in ignorance I do something in my youth. Like doing the prison ministry in the flesh. He will not let it work. I will have to repent. I am under direct guidance. Tutoring and teaching by the Holy Spirit. I have a very serious. I will not be allowed to make many mistakes at all. Life and death are in my hands. People. My mind had to grow up. Had to grow into the mind of Christ. Had to think like he did. You go read my 72 versions in order to go to hell and preach and empty it out. My mind had to think differently. I had to become an adult. I had to believe that all things were possible for God to do. I had to be brave. I had to trust God. Be patient. Be attacked, poisoned shot at attacked in my own home with scissors and still love my neighbor and love them that were trying to kill me I had to be able to go to the cross and say father please forgive them they know not what they do I had to love human spirits and people that tried to kill me attack me so they could live I had to pass many tests. I had to grow up. I had to get revelations after revelations after revelations. I had to be tested and tested and tried. On everything I believed in. I had to keep looking at my example. The Father. Christ Jesus alone. You'll have to die to your old man. 
inside of yourself. You will have to crucify yourself. I can apply the Hebrews 4.12. But your soul must die. Eventually your physical body will die. The soul's the hard one. For it's powerful. It's been the king and the head of the system. And when you get born again, the little guy, he's just a baby. He needs shepherds and protectors, mamas and mothers and fathers around it. And they must do the fighting. And then when your kids screw up and mess up, the mama still has to love you. And hang in there with you. Doesn't mean I do a lot. Some of my kids have had to be tough love. No, I can't come and get you. No, I can't take you in my house. No, I don't have any money. You'll have to suffer the consequences of your decisions. But I'm still your mama. I still love you. I forgive you. But get back on the track. And you need people in your life that will be there. The pastors can't do it. Because they got their own family. But that's what mamas do. Mamas are there. Usually your dads get upset a lot. And they have to. They're a little bit tougher. But when you need them to fight for you. And protect you. They're there. That's why we love our first responders. Our rescuers. They're men with strong backs. Because we can't protect ourselves they'll come after us they'll run into the fires and the guns to set people free we honor that and love it but yet when we're hurting and aching we want our mama it's not easy walking this walk to get to the inheritance wait till you hear what it is that will be in part three I discovered the entrance it's like walking through that elfin door it's amazing when it's open to you. And all of nature will bow down to you. And you are a king and a spiritual ruler now on earth. So enjoy. Learn this part of inheritance. And we have one more of what is the inheritance. So enjoy. I hope to see you again, Pastor Henry, Pastor Deborah from Pensacola, Florida. Love always and forever. Yes, okay. Father, apply the Hebrews 4.12 to all that desire it. Place them inside of Christ as you did me. Let them have the experience. Help them to die to the soul and the flesh. And then put loving people in their lives. So they can feed on the word of God. The love of the father. And they can be nourished. With the milk of the word. And your wine and your bread. And then the meat. Father help them. This is what you went to the cross for. These are your inheritance. Father help them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bye, everybody. Love you. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today. 
and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is here.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.